0: Welcome to Everyday Greatness, a nice little show proudly brought to you by major sponsor ARA Group, one of Australia's greatest supporters of community projects. Everyday Greatness is a show hosted by a real human being, talking to some real people about real human issues that will help make you feel proud again of simply being a good solid Joe Bagger Donuts. Here's your host, Barnaby Howarth. Welcome to Everyday Greatness and thanks for listening. This is a show designed to celebrate the greatness inside everyday people. So grab a drink, kick your feet up and settle in. Before we start today, I'd like to make an acknowledgement of country. I think acknowledging the traditional owners of Australia is a lot more important than just reading from a generic, impersonal script. So I'd like to honour our Indigenous Australians from the heart. I love being an Australian so I'd like to honour those who came before us, those who share their land with us today and those who follow us. As a white Australian, I'm flat out embarrassed at some of the things that have happened in this country in the past so I'd like to acknowledge that I feel horrible for any pain that's been caused but I'd also like to acknowledge how beautiful Australian Aboriginal culture, your past your place in today's society, and your future are. Thank you for sharing your country with us. Before we we start today, and I interview Ralph Kelly from the Stay Kind Foundation, I'd just like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, the Trafalgar Group, and my old friend, John Rakic. You can find more details about the Trafalgar Group at their website, but I'd just like to say thank you for sponsoring this episode. Kindness is always worth it. It can be as small as taking the neighbors, your neighbours bin out on bin night or sending your cousin a birthday card in the post. But kindness is more than a nice idea. Kindness is something you do. It isn't a built-in genetic trait where if you decide you're going to stop being kind, you fall back to just being a decent person. Kindness needs to be worked at. But the good news is there isn't a lot of work involved in staying kind. Simply smiling to a stranger on the footpath and nodding your head could make someone's day. It's all about having a kind mind. Being kind is a lot easier when things are going well in your life. My guest today, Ralph Kelly, has suffered a fate you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Despite getting kicked in the guts by fate, though, Ralph has gone on to try and make the world a kinder place, which is an incredible thing to do. A kindness movement called the Stay Kind Foundation, with initiatives such as Kind July, Walk for Kindness and Take Care Safe Spaces, sounds like it might have been founded by an idealistic university student who wears rose-coloured glasses, hasn't had a lot go wrong in their lives and has wealthy parents to fund their ambition. But the Stay Kind Foundation was formed by Ralph Kelly in honour of his son Stuart, who took his own life at 18 years of age. Rather than get bitter and twisted and hell-bent on revenge, though, Ralph used his grief to try and make the world kinder. Stuart's suicide came just four years after his older brother Thomas was killed in a one-punch attack. After Thomas's death, Ralph founded the Take Care Foundation, which helped young people get home safely after a night out on the town in Sydney. The initials of both Take Care and Stay Kind honor Ralph's boys, Thomas and Stuart, TK and SK. Ralph's family, his wife Kathy and daughter Madeline honour the reason for the Stay Kind Foundation by simply trying to be good, kind people. Cathy, an inspiring keynote speaker on resilience, once said, after I've given a speech, all these people keep coming up to me and saying, you have so much more strength than I do. I don't know where you get it from. And she said, I don't have anything special. I just try and do the right thing every time. And that's exactly how the Stay Kind Foundation tries to make the world a kinder place, by the accumulation of small acts of kindness, not by sitting back and waiting for that life-changing epiphany. I personally have a lot of respect for good people, and Ralph Kelly is flat out one of the best people in Australia. So I'm honoured to welcome Ralph to Everyday Greatness. Ralph, thank you for joining me.
1: No, thanks, Barnaby. That's one of the uh, best introductions I think I've ever had, so that's very kind of you.
0: Very good to hear. So where did you get your idea that kindness is so important from? What did your own parents teach you about the importance of kindness?
1: Yeah, look, I think... um, We all may have quite common stories on that, but my mum used to say to me when I was little, always treat others um, as you'd like to be treated, you know, with respect and kindness. And so I think the seed, I think as parents um, with young children, that we should be teaching them that, you know, that sentence because it is so important, something that you should keep and use every day of your life for the rest of your life. And so, um, you know, we looked at after Stuart took his life. So the foundation used to be called the Thomas Kelly Youth Foundation, you know, when we first started it eight years ago. But when Stu took his life in 2016, it was a bit of a tipping moment. moment. Um, you know, Stuart had been bullied online by people around the lockout laws in Sydney <clears throat> and, um, and other things. And so we started to look at what makes people bully Uh, Why do we have violence in our society, hence Thomas's death with the punch? And um, we did about 12 to 18 months of global um, research on that, and all the research came back and said that if you have a deficit of kindness, meaning you don't have kindness, then you're more likely to be um, someone who does bully, uh, whether that's in schools or later on in life, and you're more likely to be violent. So kindness is the value that really underpins everything from emotional wellness um, through to all those other terrible characteristics that that sometimes are displayed in our societies. And so at that stage, um, after we looked at it, we decided to keep the foundation going but to rebrand it to stay kind uh, in 2019 um, because really if we have kindness then all those other things that I just mentioned, Kind of either, you know, decrease significantly or drop away forever, hopefully. And then the hope I've actually put in there because we all need hope. And so the foundation at the front of an end of Life foundation, we talk about kindness and being kind to people every day. And whilst you kindly said, yeah, Stay Kind is after Stu's initials, which it is, but we don't really talk about that too much. Stay Kind is really about. Um, you know getting up every day and you're going to always stay kind so it's not about being kind or you be kind once or twice staying kind is waking up in the morning and knowing that you're going to observe people around you on your way to work or in your local communities and if you see somebody struggling that you're going to stop and ask to help and nine times out of ten I found that people will always accept that help if you offer if you offer it and, um, and that's about staying kind, and it makes you you immediately feel better after you've been able to help the person. You can actually feel it in your body, and research also shows that two to three people pass on that kindness once they've received it. So kindness is such an important thing, and I think in many respects we've lost it because we don't show people uh, respect, we're not good on please and thank yous anymore as a basic element of kindness. Um, we're not kind to our emergency services, whether that's police ambulance or fire. Um, we've just got to find those old values and, and start to you know, better educate our children as they're growing up when they're little about how important simple acts of kindness can be.
0: So if there is a kindness vacuum in the world today, how is the Stay Kind Foundation acting to reinstate that kindness back into the world?
1: I think it's small steps, Barnaby. be. Um, you can change um, people's values, but it does take time. You know, we, we're looking at ten to fifteen years. Um, and in Australia, if you look back at seatbelts, you know, when I was little, we never had seatbelts. You used to get in the car and just fall around as your parents drove around the corners. But today, seatbelts are a part of our lives. We don't get into a car unless we put our seatbelts on. And especially younger children, if they haven't got theirs on, they'll say, "Hey, Mum, hey, Dad, play. I've got my seatbelt on. You can't drive yet." So that's where you've got acceptance. And the other example would be in smoking, whereas smoking got up to, I think it's about 28% in this country of the population smoked. I mean, it was either 28 or 32%. It's now dropped down to about 14%. And again, the values um, of people and their health and understanding the effects that smoking has on you um, has changed people's values of, of smoking. So it is possible. We all have to play our own part, and that includes kindness, that it's not one foundation talking about kindness. It's all of us talking about kindness and actually enacting kindness and um, and in, in your everyday life. And the people will look up to you. So, you know, Barnaby, I know you've got a daughter. Um, I think she's a teenager. Um, is that right? Is she a teenager? Mm-hmm.
0: 14, yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, what I'd say to you is hopefully when you go home at night, you'll go home and and when you have Denny, you'll say to her, um, you know, this is what I did that was kind today, you know, what did you do? And start to, because you're a role model, parents are role models of our children and they will copy what we do. So I think that if we can all, as parents, if, if we want to change our values, we are to start with our children and ourselves and then that will slowly change over time, we'll start to bring back respect and kindness back into our communities.
0: So in your opinion, Do you think the deficit of kindness in the world is related to the intense drive for success in the world at the same time where people are ruthlessly chasing success? Kindness seems to be the first thing to to be cut out of their lives. You're a good, solid man who's also successful. How has staying kind been a benefit to your corporate success?
1: I think success is is, um – evaluated in many ways i um all my life my parents never really taught me about giving back and so i never did community work i lived in a in a well-to-do family and it really wasn't until thomas died that i lost everything i couldn't work literally lost everything had to sell our house because we couldn't pay the mortgage um it was terrible and many people who are victims of violence uh, or losing a child or something traumatic uh, in their life or grief can cause people not to be able to work. And it was at that stage that I realized that you know you know, buying better cars or you know building you know bigger houses really, to me in the end meant nothing. To, to, to me, when I entered the world of working in this not-for-profit world and meeting amazing people who'd started off foundations of their own, and and I always ask them, you know, why did you start the foundation? And the replies are just amazing and the amount of work that they put into them because of the passion and the purpose. So to me, success isn't managed by wealth or, or what you do. It's managed by what you give back, how you help help others is the most important thing. So, you know, I, I have my own business, but I also have the foundation, which I run. I'm CEO of the foundation. Um, but I would probably spend a larger amount of sorry part of my life working the foundation than i do in my business so it's it's not balanced i just find more purpose in the foundation than i do in my business i love what i do in my work but the foundation just right drive, really drives me to you know very high levels of energy so so that's how i think we should measure success it's at the end of the day when you leave this planet when you when you when we die you can't take things material things with you And people won't go to your funeral and say, I own 20 houses and 15 boats, blah, 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 blah. But if you have showed kindness and respect and empathy and compassion to others, then you'll be remembered. And I think, you know, we would all wish for that, wouldn't we?
0: That's very true. So staying kind is a very intangible thing to do. Do you find it hard at the Stay Kind Foundation to get businesses and high-profile people to help promote the foundation, given kindness is almost altogether immeasurable.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. It is intangible, but in many ways, it is tangible because you can see the you can see the outcome of kindness. Like if someone's having a really bad day or um, thinking bad thoughts because life is really bad, um, an act of kindness you can see the effects. Like a simple act of kindness can actually save somebody's life. Um, you can see that, and you can feel it, and you know that you actually help somebody. So intangible sometimes, but also tangible because you can, you may see the effects of it. Um, I, I just think it's the most important thing that we have to hold on to at the moment. And I guess going through Covid, we're seeing the worst of the worst in terms of division now between state premiers, federal government, um, individual suburbs and location LGAs are almost at war against each other with the way um, the priorities have been set upon each of them in, in different ways. And therefore, we, we, we can't fall into that trap. And I think the majority of people are quiet because they just, you know, when we see these things, you know, people disagree with it, but we don't put our hands up and go, you know what, Premier, this isn't right. We should be working together, whether you're in Melbourne or New South Wales or Queensland or WA. Um, or the other states working together, and and which we did in the beginning of COVID, but that seems to have fallen away. And I kind of, you know, I used to watch the nightly news, but all of the bad news that swirls around in the nightly news and in the newspaper, it's almost, uh, it's too much to, you know, and it it makes us feel bad. So it's not good for our wealth, uh, for our health, uh, and our, our emotions to just see constant bad news. So, I think we've just got to be able to stand up and, and uh, follow our own track and our own um, feelings that, you know, we can get through this with kindness with the immediate people around us, our next-door neighbours who we may not have talked spoken to very much in the past, people who need help. You know, giving back is so important now um, more than ever. And you mentioned earlier Connection. Um, and calling people, not SMSing them, actually picking up the phone and making that call and saying, hey, how are you going? It's more important than ever. And, and just having a list of people that you might do that to every other month and, and have different people that you're staying in contact with, um, you never know. You may. I made a phone call the other night to a, a very good friend that I hadn't spoken to him for a while, <clears throat> and he told me later, you called me at the right time. Um, I was was feeling really down and I kind of felt, well, you know, I didn't know that, you didn't tell me, but thank you for letting me know because it means that what I'm doing is maybe helping other people.
0: What do you say then to people who say small acts of kindness, just ringing someone rather than texting, nodding to someone on the the footpath? What do you say to those people that say, oh, that doesn't matter a damn, the world won't know if I do or don't do that thing. It's not worth it.
1: I think it comes out in your character and Barnaby you're a good example of this uh, the strength of character that you have <clears throat> and the smile on your face um, shows someone who's lived through your own horrific times and what life has done to you but I look at you as a person who has just done who gets up every day and is kind you're the epitome of, of kindness you, you get up every day and you're kind and you smile and people feel that and they feel that love that emanates out of you and that's kindness. So if people think that a small act, a simple act of kindness doesn't help, um, then it's, it's yeah, maybe they should think again because it does.
0: I agree. Your wife, Cathy, is a keynote speaker of some note. She did a TEDx speech a few years ago talking about alcohol-fueled violence and how that resulted in losing your eldest son, Thomas. How proud are you of your wife, seeing her get up on stage and tell such a raw story, so confidently and so powerfully, and as you say, with such strength of character?
1: Yeah, there's definitely a gift there, the gift to be able to present and to hold an audience and to, um, to capture um an audience and to keep them there and have people come up to you at the end and whether it's a corporate um you know presentation or at schools, um and at the schools, you know, she's had some of the kids um who haven't been good, who have uh friended her and called her, you know, every other week, um, and some still years later. Uh it's quite incredible. Yeah, it's it's a very proud thing, um, you know, to to have that, I think. And um um, it, it blows me away, actually, the way that she speaks so well.
0: It blows a lot of people away. And how proud are you of the way your daughter, Madeline, is living her life?
1: Yeah, look, Maddie is, um, um, she's always been very determined. Well, not often, all the time. I feel, I feel for her all the time to be a young. She was 17 when Tom died and 21 when Stuart took his life. And, um, you know, when she was 17, she was about to go into the HSC trials, and at 21 she was about to sit university exams. <clears throat> and the effects of losing two brothers is um, something you, you just, its you just, you can't understand the amount of grief that she would be holding inside her. Um, but obviously, as a dad, you um, as with Tom and Stuart, um, I did everything for them and I still would. And so Madeline is, you know, very much my number one priority in life and and always will be. And um, I I think that, you know, she's battled on, she's now a solicitor and um, just very proud of her, very, very proud of her, as any dad would be of their children.
0: Lucky girl. So your family's journey has been a long and mostly dark one, but when you're cleaning your teeth at night, do you ever look in the mirror and think to yourself, "I've been a pretty good dad and a pretty good husband"?
1: Um, you know, I don't because I don't I, I don't self reflect like that. Um, I think you know at the moment, if you ask me about the present and that that question is, um, I think about the boys a lot um, every day, multiple times a day. So. Whilst I'm not a religious person, I, you know, I do think that they're with me. <clears throat> and so that kind of gives me more purpose just to get ahead. And I think, um, you know, I was um, aerating my lawn the other day and um, this white feather just fluttered fluttered down and landed next to me. And, and I'm not really a believer in that kind of things, but I looked up, there was no trees around me. Um, there was no birds sitting in the lampposts. And I just thought, where did that white feather come from? And, um, and I thought of the boys. I, I just thought the boys must be watching me. So it's, it's more about, and I'm very much one with the foundation. I think a lot about the foundation and think, what can we do that's not being done? I think anyone who starts a foundation forensically looks at what more they can do, what more they can give, and that's certainly my case just always thinking, what are new things we can do to reduce bullying and violence and suicide in our youth? And it kind of captivates me for a lot of the time, especially in um, later on in the evening when I'm, on, you know, on my own, and I, I just, you know, sometimes come up with crazy ideas and other ideas which work, um, uh, which work, and um, surprise me that they work as well. But yeah, that's kind of how I think.
0: Well, Ralph, you are an amazing human being. I would just like to thank you for coming on Everyday Greatness. I know you don't do a lot of media interviews, so I'd like to thank you for joining us and sharing your story with such power and such wisdom. Thank you again, Ralph.
1: Oh, thanks, Barnaby. Thanks, and uh, take care. You're a great, you're a, you know, out of everyone in this world, I, I really feel that you are this amazing human and, um, Yeah, well done for all the work that you do as well in this space. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for listening today. Thank you to the ARA Group for being our major sponsor for the fourth year in a row. Thank you to the Trafalgar Group for being our sponsor for this episode. Thank you to Look Studio Australia for recording this episode. And I hope that when you put your device down a little later, you lift your head up, push your shoulders back, and walk down the street proud of being an everyday Joe Bag Donuts I hope you can join us next episode, where I'll be speaking to the co host of the Fitzy and Whipper Breakfast Show on Nova 96.9, Ryan Fitzgerald, and female Muslim AFL footballer, Layel Qasim. I'll be speaking to them both about being yourself while wearing different hats. To find out more about this episode or about, or about everyday greatness, go to our website, everydaygreatness.com.au, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening and thank you again, Ralph.